What's up and welcome back to another edition of Propel's Talk. We're going to get Schmidt Du on here and talk about the Kevin Durant drama and also when will CJ McCollum and Larry Nance be extended? Plus, if the Pelicans can't land Kevin Durant, uh, will they be a part of the trade package? Once again, presented to you by DraftKings and Company Burger. Company Burger located at 4600 Ferret Street. Let's get into the show. All right, Schmidt, uh, good to see you as always. Thanks for joining the show. Um, let's get right into it. So Kevin Durant has reportedly told ownership that either you trade me or fire Steve, or you're going to have to fire Steve, Man, uh, Steve Nash and the general manager. Um, let's. There was a report last night that the Pelicans do remain interested in Kevin Durant. You know, you came on about a month ago and we talked about Kevin Durant, what that package looked like. Do you think anything has changed and do the Pelicans still have one of the better packages uh, in the NBA to land Kevin Durant? Um, so, no, I don't think anything has changed because Kevin Durant is still on the Nets and therefore nothing has changed for anybody. I think that each team is sort of taking it slowly and realizing, hey, the Nets are in a position where Kevin Durant is making things ugly. There's no real rush for any team to offer up their best players or best assets. So, you know, I think with the Pelicans, much like other teams, they're comfortable, really, really comfortable with where they're at. And so while they may have the best package on paper or the ability to put forth the best package, I don't think they are offering anything close to that, and which is why you're not having seen a deal been done. Yeah, and, and I think that what the you know there was a report today saying the Nets wanted both uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, and you've been on this for a while now, Schmidt. Is that you think that Kevin Durant stays in Brooklyn, and that the asking price has been just absolutely ridiculous? But say Kevin Durant does get traded, say he gets traded to another team. You've talked about it being multiple teams. Do the Pelicans? then talk about being that third or fourth team being involved in a Kevin Durant trade. Is that something the Pelicans uh, can look at um, in this scenario? So it depends on the team that he ends up going to, and it depends on what Brooklyn wants to do with their future moving forward. If they think that, Hey, Kyrie's bought in, we have Ben Simmons. Why not just be a playoff team? Then probably no. Right. Because, if, in, if the Pelicans want to get involved and help make Brooklyn a playoff team, then they would have to get rid of playoff caliber rotation players of their own. And that's not something the Pelicans want to do. They want to add. Right. right. But, you know, if Brooklyn decides we're just going to go zoom into a rebuild and picks are more important to us than players, then yeah, absolutely. Like let's say if it's Phoenix and, and Brooklyn doesn't want Mikel Bridges, then sure. The Pelicans should, in my opinion, put some picks on the table, try to get Mikel Bridges, um, and, you know, maybe you're sending out Devante and, and Garrett Temple as matching salary or whatever. Uh, but I think that's the overall construct in terms of, hey, it depends on which teams are involved. Maybe if, you know, Utah is involved, you can get involved for, for Bogdanovich. And um, now they have a couple other players that I think the Pelicans could probably use, um, you know, uh, Here's a question for you. I was going to ask who the players, but go here's ahead. Here's a question for you. Would you trade Devontae Graham for Pat Beverly straight up? Uh, straight up, yeah. 
I mean, Pat, as much as I despise the guy, he Pat Bev is like that guy that you hate because he's on the other team, but you love that he's on your team. He's got like a Jose Alvarado, but you already have Jose. So <sighs> that's a tough question. I, I think Pat Beverly is a winning player. Um, I don't know. I don't know. And then also can Pat Bev get, I guess he can get moved. Would you do it? Yeah, I mean, so one for one, he can get moved. There's no issue. And then okay. there's a little window before he can get aggregated. And so I is that think one of the players that you you um, were going to talk about or like that the Pelicans might be, I don't know, could be looking at? I, I don't I don't think that, you know, the Pelicans are, are keyed in on him or anything. I'm just looking at teams that are in a flux right now and, and the players that they have available, Utah obviously being one of them, and just kind of looking around at what the Pelicans can – put together and you know that i think uh, i've talked about bogdanovich before they now have beverly uh jared vanderbilt wouldn't be a bad backup big man if if you have other plans for uh for jackson hayes and you know so i think i think they got some role players that that every team should want which is why you're also hearing things like oh well maybe the lakers will want to throw westbrook at them and some picks and get bogdanovich and um Clarkson and a couple others or Conley or whatever. And, and so I just like to look around at teams that are in flux or are maybe about to make a big move and see what pieces they have and, and see, you know, where they can go. So like Cam Johnson from Phoenix would be one and you know, the Pelicans have already been linked to him. So I don't, you know, I'm not in love with th- throwing like a big asset for him, but you know, maybe like a 2025 Milwaukee pick or something. Yeah, sure. I would do that. And you you let you let him play out the year, and you figure out what he's making the next year. That's you know I think that that's worth the trade there. So you mentioned Bogdanovich, and I, I've been on that train too. Um, what do you think it takes to land him? Does it have to be a three team? Does it have to could it just be a straight trade with the with the Jazz and Pelicans? Because I mean, I guess the Jazz could hold on to him and then flip him at the All Star break or the trade deadline and get as much value as possible. But you got to think he's available right now. I mean, I feel like the jazz, I mean, I, I, I understand the Donovan Mitchell uh, dilemma going on right there. You know, then domino, dominoes will fall after that, but I feel like Bogdanovich is gettable. Yeah. I mean, I think a late first gets it done. I think a salary in late first, it, I don't think it takes too much. And I think, you know, he's one of those players that at the deadline uh, will probably attract a lot of attention. But if you look at Nico Meritich, who the Pelicans traded at the deadline, who wasn't expiring, all they got was four four second round picks out of him. Um, that's it. They got four second round picks out of Nico Meritich. And I, I would say that they are comparable players, at least what Meritich was at that time and what Bogdanovich is now and, and their ages and whatnot. So, yeah, if you can get to the deadline and trade four seconds for Bogdanovich, I think you should do that every single time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think at this juncture in the summer, it probably costs a late first. And, um I'm not opposed to it if if it means I'm you know the the salary I'd be sending out is is Devonte and Garrett Temple. Yeah, I, I I agree. I think he's a gettable guy. I mean, you know, you mentioned picks. Uh, what do you? They have so many, and they don't have all these roster spots. At what point, Schmidt, do you think that Griff will start packaging these picks and moving them? Because Chaz actually had a really good video about all these picks and. You know, they're still sitting there and they got to be moved sooner or later. I feel like sooner the time is sooner. Do you see anything being moved in the next, I don't know, say this year, next year with those picks? I mean, I think they've been moving them slowly and steadily. They've been sort of spending a pick almost every year. 
since Griff has, has, has come into um, office, they've spent more picks than they've used, right? I think if you go back to the Steven Adams trade, yeah. they sent a first out um, in that. I think there was a couple firsts involved because uh, there was a Denver pick going one way and, and OKC got a first or something like that. And then um, the Memphis trade with Jonas and, and Steven Adams, um, they got lucky that they didn't have to give up the future Lakers pick, but they did spend um, the 10th overall pick and then a future Lakers pick, which ended up being uh, Dyson Daniels, luckily. Um, and then at the deadline again, they they spent a pick for for CJ McCollum, and, and that pick also ended up being um, a future Milwaukee pick. And then now they also – oh, yeah, Devontae Grant. They spent a pick for – for him. Um, so they're spending picks and, and I don't think there's any reluctance on their part to continue to spend them to, to add. But I think you just have to look at the minutes available on the roster right now mm -hmm. and, and who they need mm -hmm. to go to. And I think at this point, there is a very valid argument to, we should see what we have first. We need to know what it looks around, what it looks like around Zion we need to know what these young players look like. Are they taking a leap or is it one of those, you know, situations where we hoped that Nikhil Alexander would take a leap and he didn't, you know, is it what's, what's going on with the young players, figure that out. And then I would gather as much information as possible heading into February. And, and then, like I said, I think the prices would be a lot lower on some of these players that we're talking about. And maybe instead of first, you're talking second round picks to bring in some rotation players. Maybe you're consolidating around then. Um, but that's that's what I would personally do is, is hey, unless there is a blow me away deal, unless there's like a, a young player on a long term contract, like, hey, Mikel Bridges, you know, unless yeah. there is something that is a, an actual needle mover, just just kind of stay put and and um you know, or, you know, the, the flip side would that be like, if there's like something you can get done with like a second round pick or two, then yeah, sure. Go ahead, pull the trigger. But for the most part, the Pelicans are in a position to wait and see, which is brings it back to the Durant stuff. It's like, even for small moves, even for big moves, the Pelicans should wait and see. Yeah. That, that, that's a really good point. Uh, you just mentioned there. Last thing you had talked about the CJ McCollum and Larry Nance extensions coming up. Um, what does that look like for both of them? And then do you think something gets done soon, sooner than later? What, what are your thoughts uh, on those uh, on those two uh, contract talks? So August 9th was the date that they would be allowed to extend for three and four years respect, uh, respectively, uh, CJ being three and, and, and Larry being four. Um, and prior to that, it would have they would have been limited to, to both the raises that they could get on their extensions and the mm -hmm. number of years. So now... There is no such restriction on their contract. Uh, I thought there was a lot of smoke that these like agreements have been done, but, like a long time ago, and and you know like they don't need to wait till August nine to basically know what they're capable of offering, right? right? Like right. they they've done the math on this, they've, they've already talked it out. So I was a little bit surprised. Like come August 9th, it wasn't announced immediately, but it also could be just that like I, the veteran players aren't expected to get back in the city until the end of this month. Uh, the younger players are, are, are slowly trickling back in. I think the eighth was uh, this weekend was when they were asked to sort of like encourage, not like 
they weren't right. forced to. They were encouraged to be back. So I think most of the young players are, are now back in town, but um, the vet, the veteran players are expected to be back uh, back in town the end of the month. And maybe that's just like, hey, yeah, we've all agreed upon it. There's no rush to like put pen to paper. Everyone knows what's happening. Whenever we're in town, we'll just actually sign it. Um, that would be the most likely scenario to me. The, the conspiracy theorist is, hey, Kevin Durant is holding things up and uh, you can't sign people to extensions if you don't know they're going to be in a trade. Inter- okay. I was waiting for that. I was waiting for that. Okay. I mean, it, it seems it, it's going along the, along the path of, you know, CJ can be extended and, and things like that. So no, that's, that's interesting to, to, um, to hear, but I don't, you know, I mean, I think CJ has been fantastic for not only the, the team, but also the culture in the city and he's, he's been great. So, Hopefully that gets announced uh, soon. So other than that, I mean, I got nothing else. I think the Pelicans uh, state, I don't think they're going to make a move for Kevin Durant. There's just so many, so many different, just I'm with you, man. I think he stays. I don't, I don't see the. I don't, I just don't see the Nets moving. Him. I, I really don't. Well, I, I think we're finally seeing a point where Durant's willing to make it ugly. And <laughs> I just think that's what's going to have to happen. I mean, listen, that's don't yeah, get what they I, want. Well, what's going to happen now, it looks like, is he's going to have to sit out, which is what Ben Simmons did. Yeah. And and that's a game that no one wants to play. And I don't know, you know, like Joe Sy, he wants to support his coaching staff. He wants to right. support his general manager, Sean Marks. I just don't know what kind of capacity they have for – this kind of drama not not every ownership and not every organization is willing to play hardball like uh daryl Morey was and i don't know especially because they have a pretty punitive luxury tax bill coming up and i think they would like i mean they don't have to they don't have to have that sorted until the end of the year so they have time but um i just i think the nets blink before kevin durant blinks which is not something I would have thought a month ago, but you know, it, it's it's anything can happen in the NBA. And now that I see that Durant is willing to make things ugly, I I don't think the Nets have the capacity to draw this out because they will be a free agent market for for big time players, mm-hmm. and you don't want that stigma of, hey, this is how we treated one of the best players of all time. And to be fair, they owed absolutely nothing to him. And, and you know, this this goes back to the ownership versus player debates and blah, 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 blah. But I, I do think that, like, part of the reason why stars don't go to the Knicks is because they're the Knicks and in, in, in how they've been run and how their ownership is. Yeah. Um, you know, L.A. messed up for years and years and years and still landed LeBron. It, you know, it's a little bit harder for them to mess things up. But you don't want Brooklyn becoming – the Knicks in terms of what their reputation is around the league. And um, I don't know. I don't know who blinks first in this, but I, I would guess the Nets blink first. Interesting. Now I'm, I'm hundred percent with you. So Schmidt Dua from in the no podcast. Uh, always good to see you. I'm excited for the upcoming season. Got some, got some great things going on. So once again, presented you by DraftKings and company burger company burger located at 4,600 Ferret street. If you like this stuff, make sure you like, comment and subscribe to the channel there'll be a lot more going on once the ball gets rolling into the season so until then we will see y'all later
this way. It was a finger roll of anything. <laughs> that, that, that's a dunk.